Hey guys, it's Louise Fay back with another episode of Chatterbox, the Chronic Warrior UK Chattering Podcast. Um, super excited um, this evening. I've got a smiley face looking back at me, which you guys can't see, um, in the form of Christopher McEwen, who is the chairman and director at Great Britain Disability Boxing. Um, so, hi! <laughs> <laughs> Hello there. How are you? I am great. Thank you, Chris. How are you? That's the most important thing. Good. It's just so, so super busy at the moment with obviously everything that we're doing together with uh, GBDB, um, promoting inclusion in schools at this moment in time. It's fantastic. Um, so I've got loads to tell you on that. I've got... Um, I'm being invited to go to Scotland Manor on Thursday, which is a big disability day uh, through different sporting org organisations. And I'm doing a boxing stall there. So, and then obviously, you know that I do my inclusion with um, uh, sessions within Pembroke Boxing Club, which I'm chairman of. And um, the head of Disability Sports Wales came down, saw that. And has now turned around and said that she's going to see about funding to see if we can get more days open to get more people in. So all good. Wow. So that is that is fantastic. And I'm because I know a lot of the stuff that's in between all that. I am going to just come come back a little bit and fill in some of the blanks. So okay. Great Britain Disability Boxing, guys, um, is a relatively new um, organisation. Um, it is a school of excellence um, that were, is working with the national governing bodies in the UK um, to develop a pathway for adaptive boxing or inclusion boxing within amateur sport. Um, so that is quite new. So prior to that, Chris has had 30 years in boxing yeah. um, and has, had, has got and still got um, an amateur boxing club, which is Pembroke. So yeah, sorry, Chris, I'd forgot to introduce you as, as that side. So yeah, tell us a bit about Pembroke. So, well, Pembroke, um, well, that, that's not basically my, my full-time baby. I had an accident a few years ago, which left me disabled. Um, so it gave me the opportunity to get involved in more community sport-based projects. And it's just grown since then. Um, through COVID, when our club was closed down, we turned it into uh, into a food bank, you know, and we've done different other kind of workshops as well as supporting other community-based projects like scouts, weightlifting groups. It, it's open to everybody. So it's just joyful to be able to use boxing on so many different levels. You know, it's not just the fighting scene. Yeah, and massively. And... And what I really loved about when I first got involved with you guys is the community that comes from Pembroke that is now extended into GBDB because as chronic warriors, we're very you know passionate about community and creating that safe space for people to, to be themselves. Um, and I love that with Pembroke because it's a community base for all abilities, all demographics, all diverse needs and challenges that come through that club. So like you've just said there, you've got your scouts, you've got the weightlifting, you've got the inclusion boxing, and even turning it into a food bank over the 
the lockdowns through the pandemic, Chris. It's amazing. Um, so, yeah, we love what you're doing with Pembroke. Keep doing it. But at the same time, I mean, look, I mean, it's it's a lovely opportunity to obviously not just speak to you as Louise Faber, obviously as part of Chronic Warriors, because we, we've been on a, a relatively short journey together, but seem to have conquered so much in such a short space of time. And on a personal level, I want to say a massive thank you for obviously um, giving me the time of day, being part of the team. Um, I've learned so much from you uh, in such a short space of time and still continue to learn. You know, I've, I think you're a phenomenal coach. We talk about this many a times that, sure. yes, I have been involved with boxing for 30 years. Um, and I've seen from the amateur level to pro level. And I can honestly say, hand on my heart, in such a short space of time for somebody to have the years in boxing, what you have, to be to the level where you currently are, I would have a Louise Faye in every single amateur boxing club in Great Britain, if not the world. We'll do oh, Britain oh. first, we'll conquer the world next. <laughs> We're definitely, definitely in Britain. No two ways about it. Your, your skill is on point. How you address people is on point. You know, you're just a fantastic coach. You know, so big thank you to you. Well, thank you for your kind words, Chris. And I do really appreciate that. And yeah, to put a little bit of kind of context to it, I, it'd be interesting to think to know how you would have seen me a year ago. Because, as you know, uh, this has been a, a whirlwind um, couple of years, if not certainly this last six months coming uh, in with you. And I think, actually, working with you guys at GBDB has brought my confidence out in my own ability. Um, and I think I have learned more about myself, my coaching, my boxers and boxing in the time that I've been working with you guys since November um, than I have in the past three years. So it's testament to you for your support. So, um, yeah, thank you. Well, it's all good. I mean, like I say, I mean, we, me, me and you, I mean, we talk about this all the time. Me and you could talk about boxing until, until the sun goes down and starts back up again. But what is really be good to address and put across is yes, we are GBDB or Chronic Warriors or Pembroke Boxing Club, but we're a part of something and involved in something that what people don't realize, adaptive boxing has been going for years, you know? And they think there's certain organizations out there that think, do you know what? Because it hasn't met a commercial level yet, that they think they've created the wheel and they haven't. They really, really haven't, you know? And, and there's been a number of those organisations and I'm sure you too be. And actually, if anything, it causes more damage to the sport, doesn't it? Because for, for every person who has that flash in the pan idea of I can reinvent the wheel of wheelchair boxing, um, it kind of sets us back again because it gives us more work to to do to dispel a lot of the the myths that surround the sport and definitely um, from 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 my my experience i see a, a lot of companies um trying just to make money out of it to make it into something commercial where it's pay-per-view shows dinners and dances that kind of thing um white and that's color. Out. 
yeah, white collar, whatever you want to call it, unlicensed, unsafe yeah. box with people in wheelchairs. I mean, look, we've seen people holding the chairs together yeah. <laughs> while people beat each other in their head for three minute rounds, you know? Um, yeah. There's been there's been so much. And um, I think the difference between you guys, us guys, whatever, however you want to put it, is that we've not put it in the too hard box. That's no. where it's been for such a long time. And we are putting the meat on the bones now. We are working through every disability. You don't just sit down in a wheelchair and go, oh, that's how you throw a jab. No. <laughs> oh, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. What, know, what we're um, doing is is giving the, the sport the respect it deserves. Now, I, I mean, obviously, obviously, as you know, Louise, I'm, I'm ex-forces and I, I box within the forces and I'm sorry, train and see other people go through and i've got a long forces line of history so i love the armed forces so when i done so my research and looking into it and one of the bread and butter sports of the armed forces is boxing and what people don't realize is there's so many injured vets that were leaving world war one or world war two and they were using boxing as rehabilitation so just because it didn't have a label back then, it's been going donkey's years all over the world. And that goes back to so your different styles of what people are currently doing all over the world. What we can proudly turn around and say is we're highlighting inclusive boxing. We're trying to get amateur boxing more involved with inclusive boxing, trying to get more amateur boxing clubs to open their doors to people with inclusive needs you know it, it's not it's not just about rehabilitation disability is not just rehabilitation it is a sport as well and it needs to be respected as such and what i can proudly turn around and say that since we've been together and i've, I've been very honest from the get-go from the off through speaking with uh welsh amateur boxing is that again giving it the respect it deserves and everything needs a start in place and for that you need the training the correct training the coaches to be readily informed um and how to deal with different inclusive needs you know it, it's not just one one bracket for disability you know there's there's so many of us and there's so many different variations what is refreshing when we take our classes is that and what where able-bodied people just see the apparatus is that when anybody that comes into our gym or or they do one-to-one -one session their disability stays at the door when they come through that door they, they're an athlete they're a sport person they're a boxer they it's, it's their time to shine like you know so absolutely and i think as well because you have a disability of your own you've got your own life challenges um you can relate to a lot of what is coming through your doors or coming online to our online sessions or whatever um and i think for me that's been a huge part of the relationship you know growing between chronic and, and gbdb because though you know i'm, I'm not saying anything that people don't know here i was with wbc cares 
uh, UK for a long time. And my biggest concern through that time was that there was nobody with any coaching qualifications with a disability advising on there, and I put it in there, um, Safer Adaptive Boxing Programme, because 30 years in able-bodied boxing counts for not very much time in adaptive boxing. And mm. it's, it's just having that, that time to sit back and understand and get it and understand the pain that these people are in that are coming through your doors. The other challenges that come with the condition that people don't see, people think that if you've got a mobility issue, the worst thing about it is that you can't walk. That mm. is actually the least of our worries as a disabled 100%. person, what about the incontinence, the spasms, the inability to regulate body temperature, all the stuff that people don't like talking about and also don't want to hear? Pain, communication. That's it. That's you know? it. Whereas we've got this online safe space within Chronic, you're extending that into the gyms by making them inclusive. And it becomes a circle, doesn't it? Oh, of course it does. I mean, I, I, I've been blessed uh, where I am in Pembrokeshire, South Wales, beautiful part of the world. Um, the community support I've had here has just been absolutely breathtaking. And the support I've received through, through Welsh Boxing uh, regarding everything inclusive side, they, they have just been just monumental amount of support and then disability sports wales and the schools uh, the local council uh, so they believed in the projects and then they got me into the schools and to my knowledge i'm the only person in wales who's currently teaching inclusive boxing in schools you know and that, that. Oh, you know and that for me is game changing and to the point where so I didn't get the opportunity to say to you is that I've now there's certain um, there's a sort of one of the main hub schools in Haverford West, and they want me to go down for a session down there or taste there. They want to find more about me. Haverford West College, they want me to go down there as well. So growing within the schools and yeah. it, it, and for me. That is where boxing does start, is the schools, grassroots, getting back into it. I mean, COVID obviously has hurt everybody. It's hurt everybody. But it's fair to say for, for boxing, oh, I mean, in Wales, we still can't do pads or sparring, you know? So it's very hard to train all abilities when you can't give that sort of one-to-one -one feel, like, you know, and safe distance, safe spacing. And you do feel like you've missed a few generations of boxers because of COVID. So the fact that we can actually get into schools and teach all abilities inspires that new younger generation to get back into the, their amateur boxing clubs, you know? So, yeah, it's good. Absolutely. I'm really excited by that project, Chris, because it's something that we very much wanted to do um, over here. Um, and... Um, you know, one of my junior boxers, um, he has cerebral palsy. I've been trying to get into his school to deliver free PE sessions for him for two years. And I'm not going to name the school, obviously, but 
again, they've put this in the too hard box. And because he's in a mainstream school and he's the only wheelchair user in the school, he ends up throwing a beanbag backwards and forwards with his teacher while everybody else is playing mainstream sport. And this is, again, these are the bits that people don't see. So going back to my previous life with other organisations, it was great putting me in the boxing ring on a show going, look at this adaptive boxing. And all these kids seeing it on YouTube at home going, but where do I get to do that? Exactly. I, I want to try. And that is what I love about Pembroke and about yourself, Chris, and what you're bringing into GBDB. And we are super excited to know that, as we've discussed before, that we've got your support to help us deliver that same programme over here in England in our schools as well. Oh, God, like I say, I mean, you've got a, a cracking name with within our, so like our club and our surroundings, our, our local community. So for people that didn't know, again, when we was going through COVID and obviously the amateur clubs were close, you, you've done our online classes for us, you know? And for me to have, I mean, some of the senior boxes and they're like, ah, so what is this then? It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's still boxing. And for them to sort of like say, right, I'm not coming to a live class, but I'll watch a recorded one. Okay, I'll watch some of it. And then, then, then doing it and then going, that's exhausting. And we're like, that is a different level. It is a different level of fitness. You know? What you guys can't see is that I can see Chris's face and he's recollecting the day that he did the first class I did for his life, Died. Died. <laughs> Cocky me. I'll have weights in my hand. I'll be all right. No, die. <laughs> pick me arms up for two days. Cheers for that. Brilliant. You are welcome. Yeah. Hey, um, it's, but that's it's awesome. But you've Most been there's um there's a a young girl who obviously goes to my inclusive classes and and again with I mean at that moment in time we had like a, a friendship over like so through this, um, messaging each other, getting to learn to each other, uh, respect each other, uh, breaking down barriers. And for you to take those classes, and there's this one little girl who really suffers and she got, she's in and out of hospital so, so much. She's such a warrior. She She's everything that I would say chronic warrior stands for. Yeah, you she, know? She's you one know? of our warrior women. She's my little one, but she is. Oh, and... You didn't even have to, but you did. You, you sent down some just like aromatherapy for her. Her mum came in to me and she turned around and she went, you should have seen her face. She went, thank you so, so much. So don't thank me. I said, <laughs> I, I didn't even ask Louise to do that. I said, that, that's just the person she is like, you know. But, but that's boxing, you know, and it, it, it takes for somebody to really appreciate amateur boxing that community hub supporting your community believing in your community is that when you're involved with a decent amateur club is that you look each other like your family you know it is plain and simple and you know it and it reaches out to all abilities of all shows no discrimination you know it's just love you know and that's that's what I love about boxing. Is I'm glad you just mentioned that that word family because people used to talk about 
a boxing family to me and I didn't understand what it meant and I thought it was actually really cheesy and I didn't get it and I was like yeah yeah all right whatever but when you get involved in it this oh, yeah. boxing family appears and it literally surrounds you and it welcomes you with open arms and it's there and it's there to support you and um so this is the point where I get to then sort of say, right, well, I've got my chronic family that I want to look after and protect and support. And I've introduced them into this GBDB family. So we're now a little blended family, which is very modern thinking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is the bit where Chris is going backing away from his tablet because he's like, oh, I know what <laughs> I'm in the hot seat. Um, <laughs> you carry on, you carry on. Yeah. No, joking, joking apart. One of the big concerns I I had, and um, I know something that you want to kind of alleviate with 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 this podcast is that throughout the pandemic we have been providing these online classes. It started off as the wheelchair workouts, and mm. then it developed and, we, and chronic developed this chronic um, adaptive boxing program, which involved the hit classes the boxing and the box fit everything else and stuff and as i'm as we're doing all that and i'm working with the previous organization i'm saying i've got this organization to support me they are going to be developing this sport they're going to be putting it in the places where you are living and all of these things and actually none of that was true and i didn't know that until i found out uh, you know, I'd been led down the garden path. And as a result of that, I felt responsible for for my family, for my chronic family, because I believed everything that I'd been told from the people that I was working with at the time. I'm passing all that on to my boxers, my family, and none of this is coming to fruition. And none of this seems true. And it also, it almost felt like everything that I was saying and doing was a figure of my imagination. And one of the reasons I've got you on here is, is to explain that, that you are here and you are there to support us as a family. We are part of the same thing. Oh, all of you. Honestly, you, you know that I'm always just a message away and I'll always respond and I'll reply to anybody, whether they want to contact you through Chronic or they want to send you a question next time you're doing a podcast or something you want to put across to me. Honestly, everything's open. Um, yes, obviously, uh, we are working with uh, national governing bodies and everything is a process and it takes time, you know. And obviously, the long-term goal is we want to be competing. We want to be competing. But again, with their stages, and for me, it's about getting people qualified first. Get them qualified, get them insured, get them underneath a national governing body to actually teach, not charlatan it, not, not set. Just because you can throw two hands doesn't make you a boxer, you know? And that shows the, the total disregard and disrespect of the sport. And so does putting two people in the ring who have had little experience, whether no matter what their ability, where some organisations might think, oh, do you know what, we're doing it for the greater good. What, what you're doing, and again, you go back to it. 
people with disabilities see that on a big main stage and there'll be people there clapping and cheering. Oh, this is amazing. But again, with those children at home looking at that, thinking, yeah, but what club can I go to? You know, and you just set it back. And then the two people that you've just put into a competition, you've gave them hope and belief, who are they fighting next? And again, with it, it just goes back to show respect oh. to the sport. You can highlight the sport, but do it through your amateur clubs. Do support in your, your, your local clubs. You know, get people qualified. There are ways and means of doing it without just putting one show on and then not doing nothing with it. And for me, that that's just what's happened for a long, long time. And, and it's, it's, it becomes so damaging in so many ways. Um, you know, I mean, I didn't even realise when I've when, when I've boxed on these shows that we're talking about. Um, I didn't realise until I became a qualified coach the things that needed to be in place to make that fight that I entered into previously safe. So I went into boxing shows fighting somebody 15 kilos heavier than me with no medical and then I find out with no insurance, with no guidance, no warm-up, no nothing. But my face was the face that was there for everybody to see on all of the online representations of that fight from that day. And I almost feel guilty for that because, well, first of all, had I have known those things, I would never have done it. But I feel guilty because I've almost enabled people to feel that, that thought that you've just spoken about there. And I actually want to take this opportunity to apologise for that because it was never my intention and it was certainly not something that was my knowledge. You have got absolutely nothing to apologise. And again, we have talked about this before, right? This is down to coaching. And what coach actually stands for is not just teaching somebody a sport. It, you become a role model, you know? And that coach or any coach worth their salts would never put their boxer in that line of what, what's happened to you in the past. And it's totally unforgivable. And the way that it was promoted and bigged up is completely wrong. And there's a lot of people, um, yeah, you, you know my, my feelings on this. Um, again, with you've got nothing, nothing to apologise for, knowing that these certain organisations and certain people within this inclusive community that have abused people with inclusive needs to make them believe that they could be this Paralympic champion that could that could, could one day compete and then not giving them the respect they deserve by having proper medicals or proper training camps or again with taekwondo disability uh, judo and taekwondo is, is categorized so is wheelchair rugby basketball these certain people would just just because you had disability, they're throwing you in. Yeah. 
literally it was and, it, and i was one of a number of disabled people there that were in in the same situation who was taken advantage of taken advantage of and that was plain and simple and like so i am passionate about it and like i say that's why i turned around when we first met i stripped it back i turned around and said listen love for you to be a part of this um but I can promise you this, if you don't want to come on this journey, I will still promote you because I believe in you as a person. I believe in you as an individual and what you can give back to the community. It, you are free to go whenever you want to, do whatever you want to, but I will always support you. And like I say, it took a while for you to <laughs> let down your wall a little bit, but hopefully, like I say, you've believed in that. And that... Is good coaching by giving belief and support and saying, Do you know what? I have got your back. It's not a case about selling tickets. Well, let's just give this as an example of what happened just a couple of weeks ago. So, um, Camp Chronic, it was the first ever Camp Chronic. So, the first day one uh, was going to be adaptive boxing workshop in a specific gym, certain coaches, blah, blah, blah. Day two was a bit more holistic. It was aromatherapy, tai chi, massage. Everything was planned out. And this was a chronic weekend. Everything. It was everything that was in our power, we'd controlled and we'd done. And we turn up on the Saturday morning and I'm let down by two coaches and a whole gym. We have no venue. We have no coaches. We have nothing. It is thank you to my amazing family at GBDB one that we got a gym and great fees and now a long-term um partnership with that gym down to chris's charm and god knows how many phone calls he made <laughs> that morning and begging and <laughs> pleading with people and then chris jones um again director on the board at gbdb came back from his holiday down south dropped his wife off and literally flew down the motorway um to save us and coach with us that's support that's a team that's what coming together feels like and chronic guys saw that that day gbdb wasn't a figure of my imagination gbdb <laughs> turned up and smashed it out of the park so thank you <laughs> but like you say that that's that's a beauty of being a part of like a community project is that this community project that we've currently got on the go is that it's got so many different branches and so many different levels that it can help support so many. And yes, we've got our inclusive side of it. We've also got um, our mental health side of it. We've got, again, one that you, you're familiar with and we hopefully will be starting soon. And that is, uh, we've potentially got a contract uh, going into residential care homes and we'll put down a projector and we'll do basic boxing exercises to the point when covid lightens up they've said i'll be able to take some of my young children down and, and some of my coaches because it's good for for the elderly so some of the elderly haven't got family around them anymore like you know and all they want is company they want somebody to talk to and for me, that link between the young and the old, that growing of respect, you, it should always be there. Like you always respect your elders. And at the same time, they can 
go through some of the basic movements of boxing, you know, so they're doing a little bit of exercise, you know. So, and again, boxing just supports so many different levels. And one of the things we shared on um, our page today is one of the other things that we're involved with is uh, Welsh blood, uh, uh, Welsh, Welsh blood donor Wales. So this week is National Give Blood Week. So if you haven't, look into it, look into your local area, you know, be that one point hero. You know, anybody can do it. It changes and it can save a life. You know, um, I do it. Not everybody can do it. Not everybody can do it. But do you know what? If you've got one amateur club and two people can do it, that's two more than there was before. So with that, um, with the with the the good blood stuff, I don't know if you've seen the news recently, um, but actually um, there's been a new um, ruling, legislative legislative ruling um, around blood donation, which now means that um, gay and bisexual men who have a stable sexual partner um, are able to now to, to give blood. Um, and which is just amazing. I mean, it's a long time coming. It should have happened a long time ago. But like you just said, that might be an, another extra couple of people in your boxing club that might not have been able to give blood in the past that through your initiative might be able to, uh, which I think is brilliant. And also you just mentioned about the, the uh, care homes. Is that part of Golden Gloves project, Chris? Um, I knew I forgot it, yeah. So, yeah, we have titled it Golden Gloves. <laughs> How can you forget? <laughs> How can you forget? How can you forget? How... But, but, but that's just it, you know, it's oh, joy, just absolute joy. And the, the fact of the matter is, is that beforehand, a lot of people used to me, uh, especially around here, and they, well, I'm very honest, uh, I wear my heart on my sleeve, and I, like I said, I talk about my disability, but... Obviously, I talk about my mental health as well. I talk about bipolar and I suffer from bipolar. Very open with it. You know, um, I, I talk about, I share stories. And with what, what I now use as my super ability is, is that my, my head just goes round and round and round and round and it comes up with loads of different things. And some of it is good and some of it's not so good, you know, but where we've got a platform now and people are watching what we're doing, those little ideas and not even just from me, from my boxers, from your group, from, from our community, people are starting to take note of it. You know, it, it, it's for me, boxing is the one sport. And like I say, I, I live a brief live and breathe it boxing amateur boxing is the one sport that hasn't evolved you know all the other sports have evolved and they've moved along their rules have changed and we've got a certain mindset of how amateur boxing should be so being able to be a part of this inclusive program and to actually see amateur divisions share our content follow some of our stuff that we're doing it's just, it's gave me a, a new love for boxing. You know, I always love boxing, but it's just, it's just another thing. Like, you know, 
It sounds so corny, and I've said it so many times, my lot, but it genuinely is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> it really is. And even from a functional perspective, look, guys, there might be people listening to this podcast and thinking, but I really don't want to get hit in the face. And nor do I actually fancy hitting somebody else in the face. That is not what it's about. Yes, that is that is a possibility. Okay, you get to hit people and they get to hit you in certain circumstances, but you don't have to have that goal to be involved in boxing. Like Chris has just said, whether it's golden gloves, whether that's sitting down and literally going through the motions of just fully extending your arms at head height, that's functional to certain people in certain settings. Um, And so you can ramp it up, you can calm it down. And it's the same as with the online stuff. We say you can do everything with pace or you do it nice and slow but regardless you're doing it with control it's a mindful sport you're letting your brain and body have these conversations you learn so much about your body and what its actual um abilities are rather than focusing on your disabilities as well how many other sports do you know where you can use controlled aggression and whether like say whether it be competing or it could be just for sort of one-to-one personal training where you're just hitting a bag, where you can just release all that that pent-up tension. I mean, one of the things that we do with our our kids in the school is that, and again, this will resonate with yourself and some of your older listeners, is that when I speak to the kids and I turn around and say to them, who at home uh, plays a lot of games and they'll all put their hands up, computer games. Uh, how many How many of you have hit hit your wardrobe? Yeah, I've done that. How many have launched your control pad? Yeah, I've done that. And this is of all abilities now, because for me, a lot of childhood is stolen due to social media, due to your gaming. And for those kids, for that just that one hour, they get to release all that out and look the fact that they keep on coming back is testament to the sport you know well, the fact that you in last week you were telling me just before we came on air about um disability sports wales coming over to see your inclusion class last thursday tell me about that so i take i do the inclusive classes in the school and we take up to about 10 to 15 in the school of all years and then obviously we we've grown with our psych inclusive classes on a Thursday. So where some people um, don't like this, I don't really care because it's my club. Um, So my inclusive boxers, whilst I've got air in my lungs and the keys to the door, they will never ever have to pay for a session. And there's some people, even within the disability community, uh, that frown upon that and they say they well you're disabling them more you know they, they should be paying the same as what everybody else does what I say to those people is do you realize if they went to a leisure center they need a carer to attend uh, whether they be swimming or in the gym they have to pay twice so the carer has to pay as well so you actually are being punished for being disabled just to do sport so the fact that they could come into my gym and do boxing and they could do it 
and like you say, to know that there is good in this world, I don't give a monkey. So you come in, they do it for free. You know, simple as. And they, they will always will do. So we had, we had, what was it? I think about eight to ten, I think about eight to ten for the juniors, I think. Um, and then we had about like, six for the seniors, you know, That's and that, and that was like all abilities. Uh, there we've got like a lower limb amputee. Uh, we've got severe autism. Um, we've got cerebral palsy, we've got Down syndrome. And the fact that they can come in, and like I say to all of them, one of the hardest things of having a disability, especially if you're in discomfort, is the daily pain and the medication and lethargy. Uh, and you feel that when you speak into family and loved ones, you just feel like you're moaning all the time, you know? And when they get to come into this boxing safe space, it's a case of, do you know what? Get it off your chest, have a moan, then hit the crap out of that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then you feel better. And they do. They do. They, they, I've had kids come in and they're like that. They're coming in and they're walkers and then they're putting their walkers down and they're going in and out of cones because they're focusing on something. Somebody's saying, oh, no, because he's got that. No, he's got, no. Yes, obviously, some people do. I mean, again, we talk about this. So this one person that I've got with cerebral palsy, and I learned this off you, young lady. So, again, I've worked with all abilities, but I've never worked with somebody with cerebral palsy. So I reached out to you and I spoke to you, and they they asked the question before coming down, can I, can I do it on my knees? And I just said to you, what do you think? And straight away, no, off the bat. I was like, okay, why? And then when you explained it, it was like, ah, it, 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 yeah, you're bang on the money to the point of our medic, our doctor that comes in and does our medical cards. I said it to him and he turned around and he went, she's bang on the money. No, not at all. I would not condone that. I would not condone that. And that was a boxing medical Doctor. And that's so, because yeah. of the wear and tear potentially that you could do on your knees, that you're overbearing on your knees. And that's where my disability comes from because I ripped out that tendon. It's never healed. You know? And the thing is, you know, again, it's great when you see people just with a, with a disability trying to get involved in sports. So we're not knocking guys that are out there who have boxed on the knees in the past. We're not knocking you. No. What we're trying to explain through this is one, we're going to try and manage your expectations. Is that something that you would be able to do safely in a competitive environment, which is ultimately what we're looking at? And the safety has to be of that. If it doesn't fit with a national governing body's safety um, parameters, then it ain't happening. 100%. And that's the first thing. And then the second thing, or there's not even first and second, they're both equal to each other, is the damage that it's doing. So again, I've got um, a junior boxer, been boxing with me, coming up to three years, boxed on their knees right up until that point, had a few weeks of resistance 
of I want a box on my knees and I'm saying, no, you're going to sit in this awesome new chair that we've got. Uh, so come and sit in this. Um, and he, this person was waiting for two knee surgeries. Nearly three years later, that surgery hasn't had to happen because he stopped that day. Now, for this person, they're growing, okay? And so the damage that he could have continued to do over these three years is way beyond irreparable. This, you know? Um, yeah. So it's an education, but it's also given him some, um, you know, it's prolonged any any further damage to to the legs and to the, to the knees. Definitely. One of the key things you turned around and said there was manage expectations. And like I said, I've been doing this for a while now. And obviously one of the main, main things, especially when approaching um, amateur boxing, um, was a lot of insurance companies didn't even want to entertain it, as in even enter it within amateur boxing clubs because... The key thing that they said was they, they don't want to see somebody disabled become more disabled, you know? So there's expectations, there's limitations to what you can do. But what we are saying is, is that just because there is expectations and limitations doesn't mean there isn't a way around things. There's still a way of being able to compete. It may mean you might not be able to physically to do it, but there's a way that you can do it that you won't get hurt, you know? So, but that's yeah, a project I, I could get into and I'll stop myself because I can't yeah, release the information on that. Exactly. So, yeah. So as much as it's exciting because we know where that's heading, um, I just want to kind of wrap up with a couple of things that, like to dispel a few concerns. And actually that is partly one of them. So a question that I get asked a lot is, can I compete even in a non-contact form? Is that something that Great Britain Disability Boxing are providing as their long-term pathway for the project? Yes. Do Chronic Warriors have Great Britain Disabilities Boxing's support? Yes. Is Great Britain Disability Boxing working with the national governing bodies led primarily by Welsh boxing. Yes. Are you enjoying this podcast? Yes. <laughs> it is it, um, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, so Welsh boxing are, are firmly behind with supporting us. They've uh, put out questionnaires to amateur boxing clubs uh, to become more inclusive. Um, and then educating them with um, uh, free like, um, taster sessions on how to make your club become more inclusive. So, yeah. So, speaking of taster sessions, our Great Britain Disability Boxing coming to the taster session with Maverick Stars Trust in Salford on the 21st of August. I will be booking, I will be booking something very, very soon, hopefully before the end of the week. But yeah, definitely 100% myself, um, and obviously the two lads will be there as well. Definitely, 100%. We'll lay down on that. Um, is there an adaptive boxing ring? Yes. 
but is it currently oh. being made? You are yeah. so lucky that this is in the quick fire round and you're not allowed <laughs> to around. <laughs> Yeah, so we've got an organisation looking at that for us. So, yeah. But again, with the beauty of everything that we've done, we've gone down the right channels. We just haven't just thrown anybody in a makeshift, make-believe wheelchair. Will there be an opportunity for um, boxers to assist us in showcase um, boxing opportunities in the in the future? Yes. So one of the things that you're aware of, um, so obviously COVID being the biggest pain, is that we're going to hopefully, uh, we get the numbers, which Welsh Boxing said they're happy with, that we'll be doing our level two course. And obviously we'll be putting... Uh, Miss Louise Fay through her level two coaching course. Which, as most boxers know, proper coaches know, is that if you're going to run a competition, then the people in the corner have to be qualified to a certain level. Indeed, they do. Just saying. Just saying. (laughs) I wonder where that might come from. Um, (laughs) Well, listen, Chris. I am going to let you off the hook. (laughs) Um, (laughs) At that point. But what I think it's done is given us an opportunity to have further podcasts that follow on from this. So this was very much an introduction to Chris, to the amazing work he's doing at Pembroke and with GBDB. And like I say, more really for some of the the myths and concerns um to be dispelled that that we've kind of had sort of creeping around in the background definitely um, like, like i've said to you and i was you could say to the whole chronic community is that honestly any questions please 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 fire them to louise send it through the chronic warriors address it to me if i can answer it, i'll answer it for you if i can't find the answer i'll find a man that can Right, simple as that, but somebody will get back to you. I can assure you that. I can officially say this man is like a dog with a bone. And if he doesn't know the answer, he actually will chase it and find it. Um, he won't make it up, though, and that is what I love. No. Honesty is the best policy. And, again, when we talked about managing expectations, Chris has been very um, good with that with me. When I've, I've, I, you know, These few little light-hearted questions are nothing in comparison to the inquisition that I have been putting him through for the past six or seven months. Um, I used to have hair before I met Louise. That's <laughs> <what they're... laughs> I was like Brian May. That's so yeah, there's been a few. My shiny little sunbeam, Chris. My shiny little sunbeam. Uh, <laughs> yay! Um, but yeah, all that's left to say is Great Britain Disability is boxing without barriers. Take care, guys. Stay safe. Stay active. And we will see you guys soon. Take care. Thank you again. Bye, guys.